Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, coming up on this edition of B-Squared, we're going to jump into Bernie memes because they took the internet by storm this week. And I got a bone to pick with weather Twitter over it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about the slight risk of severe thunderstorms that are going to impact Oklahoma and Texas tonight. And then I uh, am going to go off on forecasting because we talked about the show last week that today we should be looking at snow. And, you know, I know the setup was marginal, but I got a bone to pick with forecasts, models and forecasting. So we'll get into that and hint it. uh, It did not snow. It's currently cold rain. Spoiler alert. No snow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And we'll get into that. But Bonnie, it's been a it's been a good week. Um Tuesday was Inauguration Day. Uh, weather for it was actually really nice. And I know there was a bunch of stuff on social media about the history of weather and inaugurations where, you know, I believe there's only, what, maybe four or five times that they've actually had to hold the inauguration inside the Capitol because it was too cold outside. So it was clear. It was chilly. And some would say cold. But Bonnie... Besides us having uh, the 46th president sworn in, hands down, or I should say hands covered, is sad Bernie Sanders. <laughs> he, that, that meme was so good. And just, the, the I think my favorite one was the whole, like, can we speed this up? The post office closes at six. Like, I just think that that, that was, was so funny. That one <sighs> was great. Him, um, and again, there are a million different variations, and I've only seen a handful, but um, him on a drum set was pretty hilarious. <laughs> Hand positioning was perfect. Um, him on the Disney co- uh, the Disney roller coasters uh, or Splash Mountain was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> but my bone to pick with Weather Twitter is we're we're a sharp group of people. We we love memes and we make the best out of them. But I didn't really see a lot of good weather Twitter ones and. That had me bummed out. There there was a couple. Um, there was more of him. I don't know if you saw the picture of him, like, with holding his phone sideways and looking at it, like, squinting, yes. kind of. Yes. There was a few weather ones related to that picture. So, I mean, yeah, they, they tried. It was still really good. But I think the best part of the whole thing is Bernie Sanders put that picture on a sweatshirt, sold out, and right? gave all the money to Meals on Wheels in Vermont. <laughs> That is, that is a classic example of using a popular trend to benefit everybody else. And the fact that he was able to take that and laugh at himself is is fantastic because it really was, honestly, for me, uh, in the top three moments of Inauguration Day, that being number one. Number two was the uh, Poet Laureate reading, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, so good. And then number three was my boy Garth Brooks running around on stage after singing, shaking everybody's hands that he needed to shake, and then walking off. 
But the best meme that I saw about that was, look at Garth Brooks. He actually followed through on Friends in Low Places. He wore jeans to a black tie affair. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I loved it because it was like he was still going to be Garth. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, exactly. He still looked nice. He looked sharp. But he was right. like, I'm, I'm going to be Garth. You asked for Garth Brooks. And so Garth Brooks is going to show up. But, but you know, right. his performance was so good. And so was J-Lo. And really, so was Lady Gaga. And I loved Lady Gaga's dress with the with the uh, dove on it. And everything. Oh, yeah. Just so, the whole thing. I cried through the whole thing. I'm just going to tell you all right Aww. now. I just cried through the whole thing. As you should. It was very moving and very emotional. Um. I love the fact that it was tried to be socially distant, but as soon as the event was over, there was no social distance to be had. Everybody's hugging each other. Everybody's shaking each other's hands. I was like, eh, you know, all right. I'm going to give it a pass for one day. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard. It it's is. just really it hard is. to always keep your distance, especially when something's so big right. and you feel the country take a sigh of relief after. Like, it's so hard to not, like embrace people and so i mean i'm not excusing it or you know making excuses or whatever like you know we're still trying to be careful but it's just you, sometimes the emotion wins you know right. go out and hug somebody today that that's your mission go out and hug somebody even if it's in your circle which we prefer it to be because yes we do want to be responsible but go hug somebody because we all need hugs yeah we really do we do uh, i hug clyde all the time Aww. he didn't really like it but i do it well, well too bad <laughs> I can deal with it. It's because he's little, and then big old me is over here giving him a big hug, and he's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, hey, Clyde, to each his own, but. Right. Uh, little baby. Yeah, the memes The memes were just were the highlight of the day. And, again, everybody has a different version of one. But, man, uh, my favorite follow-up memes have been the, been the one from, like, Baby Yoda. Where it's like that feeling when you get dropped to number two as the most important meme. Or oh. or the one about Leonardo DiCaprio making that one face where he's actually looking at his phone trying to figure out why Bernie Sanders is now the number one meme and he is not. Yes. Leonardo's got some good memes out he there. Does. He does. Um, still, my favorite, though, is going to be the two ladies from uh, uh, was it the Housewives of Beverly Hills with the cat. Still nothing will ever top that. Yes, and especially the El Reno one. Yeah, yeah, the El Reno one. Yep, that's <laughs> the classic. <laughs> El Reno was an F five. He was an F four. <laughs> oh, uh, we we have, see. We, that's that's the weather Twitter you wanted, right? That is it's the weather Twitter. That yes, epic. exactly, exactly. And again, I it, it might be there, and I just haven't seen it, but. So if there is a good one out there, tweet it at us so that we are in the loop. Yes, at Weather Podcast. You can find us on Twitter. Please send it there. Or if you want to send it to us on Instagram, uh, also at Weather Podcast. But, oh, man, just (laughs) fantastic times. Fantastic times. But I really am convinced he was actually smiling and laughing when that photo was taken. Because yeah, I don't just, think he was mad. I think he was just cold. No, I think he was He's really cold. He's a little cold. old man. He was cold. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, we're all cold. Everybody yeah. is cold. When you're sitting outside for hours on end, here's the thing people don't realize. Because of, of the security setup, you have to be on that stage relatively early. Like, you're going to yeah. be out there. It's not like, hey, walk in five minutes later, boom, the ceremony starts, hour long, gone. You're on that podium and on that stage for a long time. 
Yeah. So, and I mean, luckily the sun was out, and I think right. that I think I saw that this was like the first inauguration that the sun was out, which is very fitting and appropriate and magical. I want to say <laughs> that it's not even close to that. I think we, we the sun's been out for. Again, I I did this research and I should have taken all the notes, but I only like just perused for like rain and snow. They have, I swear I saw that that most of the time it's just yeah like it's kind of it's just over, cold and yeah, it's, dreary. It's cold and overcast, but I know that the sun has been out for. They said they had sun for like six or seven of the last fifteen. I don't know if that makes sense or not. I have to go back and look. But anyways, we digress. But yes, it was great. But it did flurry for a second. I don't it know did. if you saw that. I did it early in the day, and they were just like, "Ah, it's gonna snow," and they're like, "Nah, just a flurry." But yeah, see, and then we, the sun came right out. It was it was just nice. The whole thing was nice. It was. It was. I wish there would have been more people there. I wish COVID wouldn't have happened. But again, I digress. So COVID and the Capitol. That was uh, the issue. Is so they like just shut it down. So the people who are on social media talking about, look, there was no turnout for this inauguration compared to Trump's. It's like, uh, there would have been. <laughs> there there would have been allowed to be one. They're technically not wrong, but yes, you are right. When you, when it you had nothing to do with people not wanting to be exactly, there. It had to do with people not being allowed to be there. Right, 100%. 100%. Um, so we go from flurries and sunshine to thunderstorms because, Bonnie, uh, we're not into our chase season yet season yet but it is that time of year where we start to get some really good interaction between that really cold canadian air and that warm tropical moist air mass coming out of the gulf and those are your two ingredients for possible severe thunderstorms and oklahoma's under the gun today yes and we we got moved a little closer to the slight risk in my area where i live so that's nice so maybe we will get a stray thunderstorm or something, hopefully. I just, I, I'm having a hard time seeing how anything's, how severe it's going to get because it's been overcast all day and kind of like misty and like bleh, you know? So there's not, have, hasn't been any sun to do anything, but it's been sort of warm. It's been like in the 50s, getting close to 60 all day. So that's pretty good for January. Absolutely. And I'm looking at the radar mosaic right now and it looks like there are some pop-up thunderstorms. Starting to form in areas south of Dallas, which Dallas-Fort Worth is in the slight risk. And, you know, it's an Oklahoma-Texas thing today. Tonight it's going to move into the Arklatex and then it will, uh, you know, into portions of southern Missouri, Arkansas, and Louisiana. But, Bonnie, you're right. I mean, if you don't have the sun, you're killing some active daytime heating, which is another ingredient that you really need to get these storms fired up. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, that's fine because I actually like this weather too. We haven't really had much going on the last couple of weeks. It's been just cloudy and nothing, or it's been sunny. Not that I'm complaining about sun, but some rain, some something would be nice. So I do like that it's kind of misty, foggy and stuff today, but hopefully we get a little, a little rumble of thunder or some lightning later. That would be nice. That would be really nice because I know it's uh it's been a while since you've had that. Um, yes. And you deserve it. I mean, you've gotten all the snow. You've gotten all the fun so far, but, you know, it happens. Um, yeah, looking again at the radar mosaic right now, there's nothing happening in the actual state of Oklahoma rain-wise. Um, <laughs> there are showers and thunderstorms that are starting to develop to the west-northwest of Fort Worth, uh, due south of Fort Worth. Uh, and I know that the low that is supposed to trigger off your storms is making its way currently over Arizona right now. So, 
with that said, uh, you still have some time. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully something happens and, and maybe we get a little break in the clouds and we get a little bit of warm up or something. But, you know, like I said, anything, even if it's not mega severe thunderstorms, if I could just hear a few rumbles, you know, I'd be happy. Sure. No, and I, and I would gladly take that. The storms that are forming to the west northwest of uh, Fort Worth are starting to trend toward Oklahoma City. So give us some time. On. We'll see what happens. But, I think wind and hail is the main threat today, too. Not yeah. really a big tornado risk, but right. hey, wind and hail is always fun. Yeah, they said that there would be a lot of um, energy injected into this once that upper level low actually does get into the area. They said the first wave would kick off some storms along the warm front, which obviously makes sense. So that's where your hail and wind threat's going to be. And they said once some more energy gets there, that's when things will really ramp up. Bigger hail, bigger wind. Uh, I mean, I don't even think they were talking about any tornadoes at all. So, hey, it's it's yeah. it's a good starter day, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, living in Oklahoma and Texas, as long as, you know, a lot of us have, you know, if it's a tornado day or not. Right. <laughs> and it's it's not. <laughs> right. Uh, it I doesn't wanna... smell like it. It doesn't look like it. It just there's it's you have a feeling in your gut and you know when there's a possibility for tornadoes. Interesting. Well, well, it's, it's a, usually the nice days that's like maybe a little cloudy, but it's mostly sunny and it's a very pleasant day. And then bam, and you're like, three oh. or four rolls around and poof. <laughs> Storm started popping. Yes. We, oh, will, have to, we will have to get into the, I know we've talked a little bit in past episodes about the gut feelings about that, but I do want to talk about your feelings about how you know when you have that feeling of, um, thunderstorms tornadoes that type of thing because that is fascinating because i do believe that humans do have to quote twister which i did watch yesterday i do believe that we are human barometers yeah and we do have a sense about things like that oh definitely and i mean you know if you have any sort of hardware in you you know screws or you know you know titanium cage on your spine or whatever like i know some people who do which is crazy but the pressure and temperature change makes that metal expand or contract just sure. a tiny bit sure. and you can feel it. So yeah, there's definitely, you're right. We, we can tell. Well, it's, it's fascinating. It's a great thing to, you know, watch happen. The ingredients are there today for some severe weather, not the best kind, but eh, you know, we'll take what we can get. Right. Yeah. Like you said, warming up, you know, it's January. We, we've got time. Let's get some, get some rounds of mediocre, severe weather in here so that in May we can have some fun. Exactly. 100%. That's exactly what you have to do. Well, speaking of weather and waiting and watching, um, we talked on the show last week that I was all hyped up, uh, because weather models were finally showing a retrogression pattern where, Instead of being 50 and rainy, it was going to finally be upper 30s and raining with the possibility of low elevation snow. And models hinted you just at said it. snow. I did say I did say snow <laughs> because I'm trying not to cry right now mm. because it's like snow and now and no, it's snow. So models were hinting at it, and I didn't want to believe it because I know it just takes too many ingredients to come together. But the National Weather Service yesterday at 243 issued a winter weather advisory for the entire Portland metro area above 700 feet. Oh, 
For, and you live below 700 I feet, do below, I'm guessing. I do. I live at 350 feet. So, so close. So close. So I was like, all right, fine. I can accept this. I can accept that we will probably see some snow in the air because that would make sense. Because that's exactly what you would do. But waking up this morning, I had hope, looked out the window, and just bare wet pavement. Oh. And I was bummed. And so my next thing is, well, I'm going to go check our Facebook groups on, or our weather groups on Facebook. Facebook groups to talk about weather. And the first thing I see, elevations above 700 feet, wet pavement. And I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. So I pull up in all of the cameras that we have on the different elevations around up in the coast range and the Cascades. One area at, you know, 2,000 feet, white snow. Great. We knew that was going to be the case. Area at 1,300 feet, great snow. Area at 1,100 feet, wet pavement. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, we blew the forecast by 400 feet, right? Pull up a, a camera, 615 feet, all white. And I'm like, hold up here, what? Weird. Yeah, and I'm like, no, this can't be right. And then I refreshed the image. Sure enough, yes. Clicked another camera a mile away, same elevation, same thing. And I was like, huh. Okay. So let me dig into this. So some elevations at 1,100 feet, rain. Some elevations at 600 feet, snow. This is not just elevation. This is definitely temperature dependent. Mm-hmm. We know this. So it's like, okay, so what's going on? In the areas that were above 1,000 feet that were all rain had a slight southerly wind. Oh, wow. It's like, okay. The area that was at 600 feet that had the snow had a very slight easterly component. Hmm. And had been easterly all day. So in the Pacific Northwest... South wind is death if you want snow for low elevation. And I mean, you're not even talking like 20 miles an hour. We're talking three, four, five miles an hour. Just enough to bring in a warmer, somewhat warm air mass. Just enough to cancel out any snow. Man, that is crazy. Which sucks. See, and this is why we launch balloons, because things are happening at different layers. Right. And you pull up in the model sounding from Salem, Oregon today, and sure enough, very lowest levels of the atmosphere, southerly wind, as soon as you get up above 1,000 feet, westerly or easterly, depending on uh, what elevation. Wow. And I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. But this is why, and immediately I was kind of like, all right, I'm very bummed, but I'm also like, this is kind of cool. Again, microclimates in action. We get them all the time around here. So my bone to pick is this. We model ride, we model ride, we model ride. We look at low resolution models that paint a very broad picture of snow. You look at high resolution models, which paint a very bad picture for low elevation snow. So you kind of have to take, you know, the higher resolution because you would think in theory it's got a better knowledge it's got a better handle on the situation but it's not always the case however i will say this give me a model that's actually reliable and works and i'll believe it 100 percent of the time well and that's not a thing <laughs> i know right unfortunately <laughs> and this is why i'm like highly bummed i was like 
I, I want snow. Now, granted, I had, you know, I've seen snow this year. I had it around Christmas, and that's great. But I want it at home. I want to be able to enjoy it. I want to about, think about the possibility of maybe not going to work just because I can, because that would oh. be fun. Now, with that said, it's not the only chance we're going to see this week. Tuesday looks to be a much better setup. So, again, we're all now back to model riding because we're within 48 hours of a possible snow event. The Euro seems to paint some snow. The GFS seems to paint some snow. The GRAF seems to paint some snow. So, let's see what happens. But, Bonnie, I'm tired of waiting. I just want to have, like, a big snow dump, and I'm fine. Give me one big snow event for the year, and I'm happy. Yeah. Maybe this will be your vindication. I mean, like, that was our New Year's Eve slash day. Like, I went to bed, and it was pouring down rain. And I woke up, and there was five inches of snow on the ground. And I just, I want that for you. I want that too, but I know that if it rains here, that transition is extremely tough to come by. Like we literally need the right low setup to pull enough cold air out of the gorge with the hope that there's enough cold air in eastern Oregon and Washington to come down the gorge to build the dome over the to build the dorm over the uh, northern part of the Willamette Valley for it to change over to snow. It's just incredibly tough to do. Look, this is y'all's damn fault because you have different elevations and valleys and hills and mountains. If you were just one flat situation and you didn't have to account for that, it'd be so much easier. So you really have nothing to blame by yourselves. All right. So I'm going to for your land. I'm going to paint this picture because I just pulled it up on Facebook. So we all agree that the euro is the more predominant model, right? It's usually more right than wrong. Yes. GFS, yeah, not so much. So let's talk about Tuesday setup. <laughs> Tuesday setup, according to the GFS, it now says no snow. So the 12Z run that came out just a little bit ago says no snow on Tuesday. Flip it over. The Euro says absolutely snow. GFS says no snow in downtown Portland. The Euro says 1.1 inches, which means where I am in Beaverton, significantly higher, probably three, four, five. So which one do we believe? Well, the Euro, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't know. That's the deal. That's why, that is why forecasting is so hard because you kind of have to combine them. So what's the average between one inch of snow and no snow? (laughs) Half an inch, maybe. Literally, (laughs) literally. And again, is it enough cold air domed up? Is it enough cold air coming out of the gorge? I will say this, you know, I ranted for a second about the snow level being, and I will get into this more in a second. Actually, you know what? Let's just do this right now. We'll get back to Tuesday in a minute. The poor National Weather Service. These guys are fantastic people, right? We love them. We rely on them. They are our go-to, you know, base model forecast. This is what's going to happen, right? Uh And I've ranted on this show almost ad nauseum about assigning a snow level in any increment. And when you come out and you issue a watch or an advisory and say it's 700 feet and you get snow at 600 feet and 1,300 feet, but not usually in between there, I got a bone to pick with you. Again, I understand it's a microclimate. And even one of the forecasters in one of our weather groups today was like, I've been pushing for the longest time to keep it in 500 foot increments, which I would be fine with. If you want to say snow to the valley floor, great. If you want to say snow 500 feet, Fine. You want to say snow a thousand feet? Great. 
with a caveat that it could snow within that range anywhere. But when you say for sure, 700 feet, boom, that's exactly what the snow level is going to be. You are crazy. Well, and you know, here, here's the thing about, about all of that is I understand what you're saying, but we, when we do snow around here, we don't have to do by elevation because we don't have elevations. And it gets me thinking like if somebody from the weather service here got transferred there, I mean, they could do it, but they would have to almost be retrained a little bit because it's like, this is a whole different way of forecasting. And so that's very interesting to me while you're talking about all of this and like, and that aspect of having to not just forecast what's going to happen here, but at these different elevations. And that's just a whole lot of extra difficulty. It is. It totally is. And again, we live in an area that topography challenged. We have lots of Mm -hmm. mountain peaks. We have lots of valleys. By the way, side note, uh, more Oklahoma now is in the uh, slight risk. Just so you no know. No way. Yep. It's bumped up. Oh, oh, man. So just brace yourself. Oh, man. Brace yourself. So anyways, but I mean, y- you just mentioned there that, you know, you guys don't have elevation challenges. And that is true. Again, your elevation at Will Rogers. Oh, it just went away. Hold on here. Sorry. Your elevation at Will Rogers International Airport in Oklahoma City, west of town is at 1,293 feet, okay? But that elevation is pretty steady right? across the area, so... That is, yeah. that, that is correct. See, 1,000 feet here is some hilltops uh, getting up into the coast range, up into the foothills of the mountains, okay? A lot of the elevation, like the city of Portland is at an elevation of 27 feet above sea level, Okay. <laughs> Wow, so when you come here, you better bring some, like, Literally, gum I, or something because yeah, your bring, ears are going to be popping. Yeah, it's going to be real high. So I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you guys sit at 12,070 feet above where I'm at. So, I mean, I want to know what it's like to live up in rarefied air. Let me know if you're scared of heights. Like, I'll, I'll hold your hand <laughs> so you're not too scared. <laughs> I actually, I'm actually not scared of heights. One time I get, like, oh. scared of heights of, like, if I'm approaching, like, the building edge. Yeah. Other than that, I'm actually really good. I don't mind it. Um, Do you know it's a natural feeling to like, this is going to sound really weird, but like psychology, I've like looked this up and and psychology wise, it's kind of a natural feeling to want to jump off of an edge. You know what's funny is I I get that. I I can totally see that. You're not dumb and you're not going to do it, but you have that gut feeling of like, like jump. (laughs) Right. It's like, let's fly. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. The human mind is crazy. It's just like when people see cute things and you just want to squeeze it really hard, like that's also normal and natural. And so people are weird. Humans are weird. The the psychology exists. The psychology exists. But um, yeah, so I mean, you guys are 1,200 feet above us. And so again, when you guys are forecasting snow, you don't need to worry about elevation. Your main derivative is the temperature. Mm-hmm. Right. And what's the temperature column from the ground up to the bottom of the cloud here? It's that. But here it's also elevation, temperature, wind direction, um, microclimates, you name it. It's it all plays a factor in it. So. Well, and it's really interesting that at one level, the wind was coming out of the east and at the other level, it was coming out of the south. And it's that kind of stuff that we have wind direction changing with height sheer that's what gets us you know our rotating thunderstorms and gets us tornadoes so it's it's just interesting 
I don't know, this is why I'm a weather nerd. I just like hearing all these different things and how the same sort of factors play into different parts of weather and different types of weather. It's just super interesting. And this is why weather, winter weather is really, really hard to predict because there are so many variables. It's not just variables X and Y, it's all the variables A through Z. And so it's like really hard to know exactly when they're all going to line up perfectly to get snow. No, it, it is crazy. And, you know, the funny thing is you mentioned the severe weather aspect, right? So mm-hmm. you would think in different parts of the country, different parameters exist for severe weather. Um, when I went through one of our weather spotter refresh training courses from the National Weather Service Portland office, and we were talking with one of the forecasters who had worked in Oklahoma City, was at, um, I want to say he was either at SPC or NSSL. He said the parameters for severe weather, once they reach a certain level, are equal across the board. It doesn't matter if you're in the plains, the northeast, the south, or the northwest. Certain level storms will achieve the same parameters and will have the same outcome. And that that totally makes sense. I mean, it's just like, you know, it doesn't matter what state you're in. All the ingredients to bake a cake are the same. You know what I mean? And. You might have to change the temperature for elevation. I don't know if people have noticed that on the back of boxes. <laughs> yes, that is but true. But you do actually have to change that if you're too high up. But, yeah, that makes total sense that it's the same everywhere. And really, and this might be oversimplifying it, but it, it seems like temperature determines what those ingredients are going to make. So if it's super cold and you have those kind of ingredients, it's, it's going to be snow and maybe thunder snow. You know what I mean? So Right. At least that's how I kind of interpret it, and I could be totally wrong. But I just feel like temperature is kind of the deciding factor on what you get. No, I, I agree 100% with you. And, you know, I'm looking at right now at the Salem sounding that came out again. Um, this is just updated about two hours ago. And we have a different profile. And, again, we have winds that are coming out of, you know, the northwest, and then they swap around to the northeast. And then about 6,000 feet, it's back to the west. And it doesn't truly go back east until you get up to 14,000 feet. So, I mean, it's literally a spiral column. It's depending on, again, what elevation you're at, it's blowing at a different angle. So, if I look at just, the, say, the lowest 5,000 feet of the atmosphere, you know, the latest sounding is, you know, winds out of the east up until about 3,000 feet, and then it goes dead quiet down to the surface. Wow. Which is just, which it does blow my mind that this happens because you can look and look and look and you want your forecast to verify. You almost wish it to existence. Wish casting is a big deal around here as it is. I know in Oklahoma with all the severe weather guys, we want this to happen, right? We're almost going to nitpick every single model, every single piece of data until we find the solution that fits our mold. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the main reason is not to, like, see a catastrophic tornado, but just to have the forecast verify so that you don't have to hear the complaints 100%. about it not happening. You know what 100%. I mean? 100%. Because it, it, it could. It could mm-hmm. happen. And you just have to go and you have to figure it out. So it just – it's insane. It is absolutely insane. But I will say this, and I'll, I'll send you the link here. I won't post it. Uh, publicly, but I will send you the link. Um, there is a model that we look at here in the Pacific Northwest with a 1.33 kilometer resolution, which is pretty close to being 
uh, able to decipher every single piece of topography you have. Wow. It is fantastic to look at. It's great to look at for snow. It's really great to look at for wind and different events like that. But it's it's interesting to, to look at in these things because, again, a model is going off of the data that's present, what they believe is going to happen, and then it issues a forecast. So when we get down to a low elevation and a, low re- and a highest resolution like that, topography does matter. So okay. it's great because you can see the top of hills. You can see some of the different little gaps in the gorge or mountain ranges. It's it's fantastic to look at. Wow. That people who create models and, and you know, program them and, and write all that, I just I'm very impressed because that that is a lot to factor in in a model and and take it into account all the different elevations and all that. That's huge. It really is. And it's it's great. The University of Washington is the one who does this modeling for this region. Uh, it is fantastic. So I just, I'm just pulling up now the run of the 12Z. I haven't looked at it because I want to go see what Tuesday looks like. And so, you know, snow showers, blah, blah, blah. It's great. Boom, 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 boom. Get into Monday. Nothing really looking pretty. And then we get into Tuesday. And Tuesday, again, wind barbs, very, very slight southerly wind. Oh, look, it starts to kick over in the morning to east. Remains east, gets a little bit stronger, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., boom. Stays easterly flow. Here comes the snow starting to build in, and it looks like around 5 o'clock Tuesday night, start to see snow. Wind starts to increase out of the east, which is big for us. Because if you get the east wind, that means you're going to get cold air reinforcement. Cold air reinforcement means building deeper level of cold air in the atmosphere trapped up against the mountains. You're going to get more snow. So from 5 o'clock through 7 o'clock, it's all there. Easterly Wednesday is present, and then it dries out Wednesday day, and then finally warms up again Wednesday afternoon. So, I mean, there's a chance of snow. Uh, the models, I'll go pull up in the three-hour snowfall model, which is fantastic. Um, and we'll get to Tuesday. There's Monday still. Here's Tuesday. And, I mean, it wants to jump in the coast range four to five inches which is pretty impressive. Uh, All of Washington County, where I live, we're looking at at least two inches, possibly higher. Move forward. uh, Looks like it's done by Tuesday night. So then I'll go pull up in the 24-hour model snowfall. And again, it's a prediction, which is great. So by the time... Do you not get... Is ocean effect snow a thing? Like lake effect snow? It is a thing, but the Pacific Ocean runs usually somewhere right around the mid-50s. Yeah, constantly because that flow is is from the south up, right? Right. So yeah, so our water flow in the Pacific Ocean. I need to do a model. Let me look here real quick, and I should know this, and I'm pretty sure it is. But uh, Pacific Ocean. I don't know why I said from the south up. I don't know why I didn't say from the south to north, but you know, from the south up. It works. (laughs) It works. Uh, All right, Pacific Washington uh, water flow. So along the um, no, it flows from the north. Nah, in in the Pacific Ocean, it depends. Like everything else, like even with the Gulf, right? Most of the Gulf. Um. Hmm. 
yeah, water currents. All right, here we go. So the current of the Pacific Ocean, the California current, most of the water that we get uh, off the Oregon coast is diving either to our south. Oregon's kind of in this really weird. Oregon and Washington is in this really weird like location. Water from southern Oregon off the Pacific Ocean dives down through California, through the Baja, and then out. It makes that turn and it heads uh, to the east, or sorry, to the west um, on the equator. And then it circles back. However, up here in Oregon, we're, we're kind of under the influence of the Alaska current. So it comes to us and it splits and it goes north. So we're getting stuff that is basically just in subpolar regions. So that's why our water stays cold for the most part. Um, with that said, we have had times where we have a blob, which is unreasonably or unseasonably warm water that sits off the coast. Forecasters are trying to figure out why it does that. But That's even, like your own little El Nino. It is. We have our own little El Nino, which is great, and it sucks when you're trying to have snow. But yeah. with that said, um, because our temperatures are pretty moderate and they remain in the mid-50s, we would see lake effect or ocean effect snow very, very rarely. You have to have really, really cold Arctic temperatures coming over the water uh, for a prolonged period of time. But that is one thing that we do look at. Um, occasionally, when there is an Arctic outbreak of cold air, we do look for lows that drop down out of Canada. They come, we call them BC sliders. They just slide down the, the British Columbia coast. But what they have a tendency to do is they have a tendency to go out over the Pacific and then loop the energy back in. So it's over water trajectory. So you picture this low area of low pressure. It comes down the uh, British Columbia coastline. It ejects out over the Pacific Ocean a few hundred miles because the cold air starts to interact with the warmer air. You get showers build up. You get vortmaxes. You get a whole bunch of things. And then this, this layer of energy moves back in. And so it's over water trajectory. It's a classic setup for snow in Portland in the Pacific Northwest where you want this area of low pressure out over the ocean where it's creating this basically lake effect where it's building up all this moisture because you have the warm ocean water interacting with the very, very cold Arctic air. There is a temperature difference, a pressure difference. It's creating showers basically. And you want these showers to hang on and they eventually move in over the coast range, moving up over the valley. You do get snow from it. Um, one of the things that I learned when I was an intern uh, at the ABC affiliate here in town, you look for this type of setup because nine times out of ten, it will give you a decent shot of low elevation snow. So it's one thing that we do look for. And while it's not classic, say... Lake effect snow, you can get ocean effect snow. It just takes a whole lot more energy to get that to happen on the Oregon and Washington coast. And does New York and stuff get that more? Because the Great Lakes are always cold, aren't they? Uh, Great Lakes are always cold. But again, it's a temperature difference, right? I mean, and you're not yeah. talking about, you know, 50 degrees versus 36 degrees. You're talking about, say, hey, you know, the Great Lakes are at, you know, 31 degrees, 32 degrees, 33 degrees, and the air coming up over top is 15 or 20. There is still enough of that available, you know, moisture for a heat transfer to take place, right? Anytime you blow cold air over warm water or warmer water, 
doesn't matter as long as it's not the same temperature as the air, you're going to get the conductive heating, right? Mm-hmm. And that creates showers. That creates the intense, you know, bands of snow. So um, it is pretty, it is pretty cool to see. I, you know, the Great Lakes are gorgeous and it's so fascinating what happens with the Great Lakes and have they ever frozen over any yes. of them? Oh yeah. Um, it's actually happens quite a bit. And that's cool. There How is, thick is that ice? Uh, it gets pretty thick. I mean, they have to have icebreakers, uh, especially like, you know, I know, I know for Lake Superior, they have icebreakers, um, like Michigan, they have icebreakers. Um, there is a, there is some thought right now, um, about climate change and stuff happening where the Great Lakes freeze over, but the Great Lakes have frozen over. It has been, you know, well, um, documented but it's again it's not like they are completely frozen like you know shore and it will go out um just typing in great lakes frozen it's very rare for all of the great lakes to entirely freeze over yet they do experience substantial ice coverage large sections of each lake freezing over in the coldest months during the winter of 2013 extremely cold temperatures cover the great lakes and surrounding states so it does happen um if you ask what percentage are frozen over the long term uh, things basically says long-term average for ice coverage in all five Great Lakes, Superior, Michigan, Erie, Huron, and Ontario is 54%. Last winter, ice only covered 19% of the lake surfaces, a near-record low. Some lakes in the region didn't freeze at all. So, again, it's one of those things where, you know, it happens. Um, for 2020... And the, the Great Lakes are used for, like, like transport of goods and stuff right so oh, yeah. like they can't that's why they have the breakers because right. they have to continue to be able to right travel across right so i want to see the great lakes the great lakes are beautiful um it's if you fly um anywhere over the northern part of the country you fly over the great lakes um i will say this it is incredibly surreal and again my entire family is from michigan so i have a very very soft spot for the great lakes um, some of my dad's ashes are in Lake Michigan, but oh, wow. it's very surreal to be able to fly and you're high enough to see Chicago on the Illinois side. And then directly across, you see Michigan and this big black void in between. Oh, and when you fly at night, just, it is cool to see. I just want to see them. There's actually Great Lakes cruises yes, that you can are. take yes, and they're like are. seven, 10, 15 days. And I mean, they're expensive. I mean, they are expensive, but it's everything included, you know, and I, I don't know. I kind of want to save up and do that one day because I just that would be amazing. And you can like start in Montreal and end up in, you know, wherever or right. you can do it the opposite way. And I don't know. I just would love to do that. And there's stops along the way. There's also an amazing show on Disney Plus called Drain the Oceans. Yes, it is great. Love that show. But they have an episode called Drain the Great Lakes and it talks more about like there's been a few like shipwrecks and stuff, but oh, yeah. they talk a lot about the bottom of the lake's features and different grooves and valleys and whatever. And it's super interesting. So I recommend anybody to watch that. It's on Disney Plus. Right. There is a song that is uh, was made famous by Gordon Lightfoot called The Wreck of the Edmunds Fitzgerald. And again, I'm going to date yeah. myself. This song is way old. It's older than I am. And that's fine. But it's. You know, it talks about weather conditions on the Great Lakes and it talks about how, you know, mariners have to keep an eye on the weather. 
again, this is, you know, you think, okay, you know, it's not an ocean, right? It's not hurricanes. Wrong. You get hurricane force winds on the Great Lakes a lot during the fall and winter. It's just yeah. an, it's a flat area. It's open. Winds howl across it. Um, you know, I'm I've talked about it on the show. I'm Native American. Part of me and the tribes that I belong to are from northern Michigan and southern Ontario, Canada. We understand these things. It's part of our, you know, history. And you know, shipwrecks happen on the Great Lakes a lot because yeah. storms can cut suddenly just ramp up. It's one of those things where Again, if you are a mariner and a captain, you are constantly watching the weather. You're constantly watching the sky. I mean, you know the 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 saying: red sky in morning, sailor take warning. Red sky at night, sailor's delight. And it's like okay, you know, you yep. just you get it. I think that all the time. Anytime in the morning or yep. at night when the sky is red, I'm like, oh, better not sail. Oh. Right, one one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But it's just it's something that you know you look at and like okay, it's a big deal. I will say this: Lake Michigan is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, the Detroit River, which is, you know, one of the waterways that connect all five of the Great Lakes, is also very beautiful. Um, but if you get a chance, and I haven't seen it in person yet, it is on my to-do list. Northern Michigan, Lake Michigan, where, you know, at the top of the mitten, there are little bays and estuaries where the water is so crystal clear. You can see down like 75, 100 feet to the bottom. Wow. And you think you're somewhere tropical and yet you're way north. Oh, that's like on my bucket list towards the top is to go to the Great Lakes. And I, I'm going to do it. Even if I do it alone, I'm going to go do right. it because I, I just don't I don't want to die and not have seen the Great Lakes. They're amazing. I will say this. I've seen Michigan in person. I've swam in Lake Michigan. Superior is next on my list, but uh, it is Let's go on the cruise. Let's take a let's take a Great Lakes cruise. Yeah, they can sponsor B Squared. We'll do a broadcast live from the cruise for the two weeks. <laughs> Let me just tell you, like the prices start at like six grand. So oh, good just, lord! You yeah, can, they're you, expensive. You could but... do a Caribbean cruise like for a month or two for that price. Yeah, and it's all. But inclusive. I think it's because like everything's included, and there's a lot of different stops along the way. And... Gotcha. Well, okay. You know, so it's that kind of thing. And I, I mean, I'd still do it. And that's a good way to see a bunch of different cities up there, you know, because like I said, there's a lot of stops. So right. I don't know. Let's just get a piggy bank and just start putting a little bit of money in it every day. Right. We'll get there. <laughs> no, I, I feel you. It would be fun to do the Lake Michigan West Side Tour. So you start like on the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and then you drive down, you hit cities like Green Bay, Milwaukee, Chicago. Go around the bottom, Gary, Indiana, back up, you know, into Michigan. And I think that would be fun. Yeah. It'd be Let's fun road do trip. it all. I'm, I want to do whatever. I want to just see all of it. My other bucket list, an Antarctic cruise, which is a thing. Ooh, let's go play with the penguins. I am it, down. It's expensive too, but I still want to do it. I've, I've actually fed penguins and I've petted a penguin. It's well worth it. Oh, I love penguins. They're so cute. They are. They are really cute. Um, but before we got back onto this whole, you know, thing about what's going on, um, there is snow at 1,700 feet. The radar out of the coast is saying that the snow melting level is at 700 feet. So it's like uh, maybe the National Weather Service was correct and I'm just venting or maybe I'm just tired of them establishing a elevation for no reason. Either way, 
It's annoying. I Does it grind your snow. gears? It did. I didn't get my snow. So that's what this um, this weather winter weather rant reminded me of. Was family Guy, the grind oh grind my, my gears segment. Like that's what I think we should call this. So there's been a channel, and I don't know why I stumbled upon it, but there's a guy that does Family Guy reactions with the No Laugh Challenge. I have watched so much of this stuff. And I'm not a Family Guy fan by any stretch of the imagination. I've just never gotten into it. I know a lot of my friends love it, and they think it's the greatest show ever. But <laughs> some I did when I was younger. I've kind of outgrown it, but I haven't watched it in a while. Right, but some of the stuff they do is just, it's so insane and crazy, but... I mean, I just, I don't know how you don't laugh at some of the stuff. I just don't. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, some of it is great. My only issue is they do take a few things too far sometimes. Oh, and yeah. it's like, okay, you should have stopped a little far back from how far you went. You know what right. I mean? And right. especially like with the chicken, the like chicken that they're always beating up and fighting that chicken. Sometimes the like beating up scenes just get taken a hair too far. Right. No, I, I agree. And that stuff is not funny or cool, but I just, I can't deal with it. I just can't deal with it. Anyways, anyways, <sighs> Bonnie, hopefully Tuesday we get snow. I'll, I'll post if we do or not on Twitter and on YouTube and uh, not YouTube. We don't have a YouTube channel yet. We're working on that. That's our goal. It's for coming. Yeah. Not, not to let the cat out of the bag. No pun intended. We don't keep pets in bags. Um, <laughs> bad analogy. Sorry about that. Anyways. But yeah. it is true. We don't keep pets in bags. We don't. So. We absolutely do not. We love our pets. We love Clyde. Yep. We love my former pets, Cooking Spot. I miss my dogs. Anyways, hopefully we get snow on Tuesday. So we'll see. Hopefully we get some severe weather today. Yes. Knock on wood. It will happen. I'd love to see some, you know, dime size or quarter size hail. Yeah, and I, you know, some lightning and some thunder and some good downpour of rain. I just love that while we're taping this, we got moved into the slight risk. So yes. We will stuff into existence, people. We make it happen. We do. It is something that we are very, very good at. We're like the Simpsons, okay? We can make stuff happen. Uh, the updated thing came in 21 minutes ago. Um, it is still not saying that more is in it, but I can tell you from looking at the National Weather Service page from OUN that you guys are in fact in it. So awesome. That's yep. what I like. See, this is what but happens. Can we when... just address the fact that how do the Simpsons know what's going to happen with stuff? Yeah, that's, that's something I need to get into because I'm not really sure on that one. It's very strange. Like they've very got strange. some, like, I don't know, like wizards or sorcerers or something that are <laughs> making this show. And they just like, they're like, Hey, in five years, this is going to happen. So make an episode. And about I, I it. guess, I guess I just, I just don't know. I wish they'd really do an episode where we all get snow. <laughs> just saying. Right? Can they just do that, please? Jeez. <laughs> just saying. Uh, all right, Bonnie, another great edition of B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I'm Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.